0: Welcome back! Welcome back to um, our podcast, and uh, as you know, it is uh, called "Firm Grasp on an Empty Bag," and uh, we'll go through some of the reasons why. Uh, as we uh, as we speak uh, during the uh, during the next half hour, I'm uh, thrilled to have my, as my guest Jerry Luckman, who is an old friend of mine. Uh, not old Jerry, but just uh, an <laughs> existing friend time, for bro. many for many years. Right, so I got to be careful when when I say that. And uh, but uh, just for the folks who are viewing for the first time. Um, We we put this together really to help um, existing owners of businesses, people who have family-owned companies, family-owned businesses, perhaps handed down from generation to generation. Um, But uh, for for the folks who are perhaps looking to exit, uh, maybe thinking about it, looking at the opportunity, um, our goal is to help right-size the business, help them look at what are some of the defects in the business, perhaps what are some of the advantages of the business, and bring to you some of the experts that I have come across in my years of uh, helping business owners who can um, can work with you and uh, under- help you understand some of the concepts that are necessary for you to get to the next step. Uh, for the most part, um, we work with folks who are uh, looking for an exit or succession plan, perhaps looking for a path to selling their family owned business and uh, really dedicated to that generation of, of folks. And a lot of them are baby boomers and uh, what well, we do find are uh, probably 80% of many, many of our clients' wealth is trapped in the uh, actual business. It's, it's They've reinvested their money. They've put it back into the company on a regular basis, and it's all in there. And uh, the, our goal is to help untrap and kind of help them get it out of that business so that they can really enjoy the fruits of their labor, or perhaps whether they're ready to retire. Uh, we want them to try to be unencumbered. We want them to be uh, in a position where they can enjoy their life going forward, and um, I think someone's exit strategy is more important today than ever. And as I said, I'm excited to have my good friend Jerry Luckman. Jerry is a partner at Deegan, for Fortelli, and Tirana. Uh, it's a well-known law firm, especially here on Long Island, but they have uh, have helped a lot of folks throughout the throughout the country. Uh, they have 60 uh, plus attorneys, uh, 12 practice areas. Jerry is the chair of the firm's practice group. He is uh, my go-to person when we're talking, especially with folks about bankruptcy or how to avoid it. And um, what I like about Jerry, he is kind of a real sense guy, uh, pragmatic approach to practicing law. He has a good financial background in terms of financial management. And I think he has represented all different types of clients uh, with all different uh, solutions, whether it's a Chapter 11 bankruptcy case, folks who really have, 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 have problems with distressed debt, uh, folks who are looking to see how they can sell some of their assets outside of bankruptcy. He uh, he represents all different folks: creditors, debtors, um, uh, landlords, um, and and really has has worked on a lot of corporate restructuring. So, uh, Jerry, I'm I'm glad you're here. Um, I think um, you know what I'd like to do is give you an opportunity to kind of you know introduce yourself, the firm a little bit in terms of what. Yeah, you, know, you and your background is and what you're kind of you know, dedicated to in terms of your practice
1: oh, thank you for that so again my name is jerry luckman i'm the chair of the corporate restructuring and bankruptcy department at forcelli being in and union in new york um, we're a full service business law firm uh, we have a lot of concentration in, in real estate tax certiorari land use zoning um, as well as commercial litigation and, and uh, uh, regular real estate and corporate type of work. Um, my background before I was a lawyer, I was a finance manager at two companies. I was in charge of handling $80 million a month in, in, in accounts receivable, and I managed a department, and it was an electrical distribution industry. Um, I, I, I understand financial statements. I understand how to work with accountants. And I think my business background has helped uh, me in, in dealings both with clients and resolving issues with clients because uh, a lot of what I do is out-of-court negotiation, um, a lot of workouts, a lot of wind-downs of businesses when when companies decide that maybe they don't want to continue, they just want to wind down and uh, maybe there isn't an asset to sell uh, or maybe there is and they want to sell and then wind down the business. So I do a lot of out-of-court work. Um, but I also, um, you know, c- I've come across a lot of situations where uh, families trying to sell a business or preserve value uh, for the next generation, uh, and I do uh, counsel uh, companies and, and a lot of times in those matters.
0: So Jerry, you know, what I wanted um, to I wanted to start with is, um, you know, we've gone through this whole COVID period of the last two years, and you know. I think there are some businesses that have done pretty well, and some that have done pretty poorly. Um, do you see that coming up in the in the in the in the, uh, in the bankruptcy world? I mean, do you see that as a, as something that's kind of brought uh, some issues to bear, or, uh, or or has it has it kind of put those things off for a couple of years?
1: Well, I, I think um, I think that there will be an uptick in in corporate bankruptcies next year. I think that there was a lot of free money out there, a lot of uh, low-cost money, uh, a lot of government support during the pandemic. Um, some companies used that money uh, to right-size their business, to deal with issues they had, maybe do some uh, improvements in in the way they operate their business. Uh, other people may have just used it to um, continue the status quo. You know saying well a ppp loan is used to preserve payroll but if you had too many people on the books at the time and you still do now but you don't have that free money flowing in now you're starting to face the problems you had as a business um that you maybe could have taken the time during the pandemic to try to address um you know when if there was a slowdown in the business but you know it's a good time to look about at what is your business what it what should it be what size should it be? You know, how should it operate? And is there a better way of doing things? Um, you know, and so, yeah. so I think that there will be an uptick. I think there's uh, a lot of the moratoriums on foreclosures and, um, and evictions; those have terminated. The courts have opened up again, and uh, are starting to catch up on the pipeline of, of pending matters. So there'll be companies that are facing issues that. They may have put off for, for a few years.
0: And, you know, it's interesting you say that because there are so many of our clients who've gotten PPP loads. And um, there, there have been several of them that have used it appropriately. I, I mentioned to you uh, uh, that one uh, in our prior conversation where they used it to actually uh, right-size their workforce, even grow the workforce so that they knew coming out of COVID they would have a substantial amount of business waiting for them and they were in a pretty good position. Yet we've seen others who... You know, they didn't misuse the money. They just really didn't know what to do with it. You know, I, I think they just kind of said, "Okay, it's free money. Let's let's pay this expense and pay that expense." And here they are coming out of COVID um, and and a kind of kind of loss. So my question really is, I mean, have there been any changes to the law as to relief for any of these owners as it relates to, you know, specifically to COVID or if they end up in a foreclosure situation? Are they really back to where they were in 2019?
1: Well, I mean, there are other there are other um, you know options where people have taken other types of loans and other types of assistance that might be industry specific. I know there was relief for restaurants at one point, but it didn't get it didn't cover everyone, and a lot of uh, you know companies did not get those grants or that relief. Um, so I, I think what you're going to find is that is that a lot of people, even if they use the money you know, for its intended purposes, yes, they might've used it for payroll, but they fell behind in rent. Because a lot of industries, maybe there there wasn't the income that they, or the revenue that they, they expected. And the government relief only covered a portion of the, or was meant to cover a particular type of expense, such as rent and preservation of, sure. of employees. And they used it for employees or they used it for other purposes, and now all of a sudden they're, they're behind with the landlord and they're facing eviction or, they, or, or, they, or they're having issues with trying to catch up. So,
0: I also saw some folks who, who I guess th- there were a few other, uh, I guess, lending facilities available. A lot of them took, I guess they were EIDL loans, yes. which which it's interesting because now they're coming, uh, it's coming back to, to roost, so to speak, because those loans are now uh, requiring repayment. And uh, they're a relatively low interest rate. I think three point seven five. But uh, um, you know, I guess you know that that is now a long term loan, right? So it, it's still going to be considered something they have to pay back. But now it's an additional debt on the business that, if they really you know didn't use it for growth or didn't use it to kind of uh, for for good purposes, they could be in a in a in a pretty tough situation. I think.
1: Sure. Uh, what a lot of people and a lot of those are also personally guaranteed as well, but. The the issue there is people you know taking on the money that's available and and again, maybe getting loans that they might not otherwise have been available in amounts that might not otherwise have been available to them. And uh, yeah if it if it was used, even if it's used in the business, but it wasn't used to to really to right size the business or to deal with problems in the business. Sure. Um, all it does is really adds another layer to the capital stack as far as a, a debt that needs to be repaid and um, may have had the the impact of uh, lowering a value of a business because the extra debt that's on the company and the debt service that needs to be to be covered.
0: Um, that's a great point, you know, because a lot of our transactions are, you know, a lot of them are cash-free, debt-free, right, transactions. So all of a sudden, any debt that's on the balance sheet needs to be resolved. And this is one I think people, not that they forgot about, but they didn't do it in a normal course of business. They just kind of were throwing this money. Um, one of the things that we spoke about earlier is you talk about a business, looking at a business and kind of doing a health checkup. And I, I thought it was a great concept in terms of that. And I, I think um, I wanted you to kind of go through that and how an owner can be maybe a benefit, what his options are and, um, and what he would look at when we, when we talk about a real health checkup. Sure. So
1: I gear this more for small and mid-sized businesses, uh, and I do it. I do it as like a corporate health checkup, is what I call it, and it, it's really to get a feel for um, how the company's dealing with, say, insider transactions, how the company deals with um, loans from its shareholders or owners, um, repayment of those loans. I mean, there are issues that. Um, You know, you take an S corporation where you're making, you have to make distributions uh, to the shareholders, you know, to cover their taxes. But a lot of times the company can't, you know, continue to operate without the working capital. So the owners are constantly putting money back in uh, that, you know, they've taken the distributions now they're putting those back in. Um, So those, those, those officer loans or shareholder loans are, are on the books. And are they being serviced as loans or not? Are they being really, is it really just, you know, a few additional sure. equity or capital put in? And, you know, I always say to people that, you know, when everything's going well and, and you're, you're solvent and you're having no issues, or you're not looking for a transaction or a sale, you know, how you do things from an accounting standpoint, say to minimize your, your income tax aspect or, or, or issues, maybe one thing, but, uh, when you're looking at, you know, packaging a business for, for sale or you're, you're looking at a potential insolvency or a wind down, um, you know, a creditor who may not be getting paid in full does not want to see that an officer loan was repaid or an owner alone, an owner's loan was repaid at a time it's not getting it paid in full. Or if there's a litigation that comes up that was even unexpected um, and that's going to impact the financial health of the company, you you know you it, it would be good to have things done a certain way or have your com- books your your company records done a, looking a certain way to protect the people that you know really didn't do anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with putting money back into a company after a, after taking a distribution to pay taxes or whatever or putting working capital back in or even a loan back into the company. You just need to structure it the right way, and and nine times out of ten or maybe more than that, those the things haven't been structured that way. Um, and you can take this beyond that you can take it to looking at inventory levels. You can t- look at, at receivable turns, how quickly your you know, your receivables turn, um, you, you know, how are you covering your debt service? You can look at all the financial aspects of a company um, and, and, and figure out how, you know, what could be done better or, or put that in a better shape going forward Um so it's, it's not only, it's le- not only legal, but also some financial aspect that we need to
0: look at. Jared, it's a good point. It's amazing how many of our, our clients that we see, they have kind of self-financed the business over the years, right? And they've put cash back into the business on a regular basis, not really, a lot of them haven't taken much in the way of debt. And um, all of a sudden, you know, if, if they come to a point where they've exhausted the amount of cash that they can put in the business, they're really at their wits' end. They kind of are in a position where you know they are kind of strapped in terms of what they can put in, and uh, and uh, I think they've you know I think they've kind of like exhausted exhausted their options. And if they go out to a lender or they go out to another party, I mean, what what would they expect to see at that point?
1: Uh, well, if they're going out to another lender, I mean, they you know certainly all that that that's going to be subordinated. But um, the main concern is either is with how they structured things, whether the company is even uh, bankable you know as far as getting additional financing you know they don't have the credit history they don't have uh maybe they haven't had a you know a loan relationship with a bank for years so now they want to have a million loan they want to make it a million dollar loan they've had nothing and now they're looking for the million dollar loan you know or whatever they need so it's always um you know and and, and i always say the best time to look at things and to look at, uh, at how you run your business and how you finance your business is when you don't have an issue and be, and before you keep putting money into finance, um, you know, there's, um, you know, I always say you want to go to the doctor for the routine physical. You want to see professionals for your checkup. You don't want to see your professionals the first time when you're in a stage four issue or, 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 or something, or you're an extremist, because at yeah. that point um, like and I'm taking it from the bankruptcy context, if I was one, if I was a company that the owner had put in all the money for years, now the owner's run out of money. Well, if he goes to a, or he or she goes to a bankruptcy for the company, and they want to retain the equity or they want to buy back their company from bankruptcy, where are they going to get that money? They already used up all their money by putting it in and losing it, and and because they had it, they were putting the money in, and maybe they maybe they weren't addressing operational issues why did the company need all that money to survive or that cash impact to survive did they keep on like long-term employees that were being paid more than, than possibly the job you know justified um, did they not you know did they, did they structure things incorrectly were they in, in a you know in a facility that was much too large for their purposes so their rent obligations were too high sure. you know you need to look at all these things and, and try to deal with them while you're in an economic position to address the issues rather than when you're you're at the last minute in extremis. So um, getting back to your main point though, about looking for financing. I mean, it's, you know, it's one thing putting money and I found other, I've seen other people try to finance a business by say not paying taxes, which is way too expensive to ever do that. Whether it's payroll taxes or anything else, never advisable, um, but you know there is if you have a real business <clears throat> and you should try to develop credit relationships with lenders and and have some financing even if you don't need it today um a sudden order comes in or some you have know, unexpected growth or an issue comes up it's nice to have that that little cushion there and it's also good to have a relationship that you can grow on with the lender
0: that's a great point you know it uh, and it's funny we we recommend that to to owners on a regular basis. We, we said, gee, you have, it's great that you have no debt whatsoever on the balance sheet. It, it's, it's fantastic. Um, um, some of them don't even have a line of credit, right? And, um, and, and we just said, hey, look, why, why are you financing the business with all of your own cash? You know, just, uh, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but we find that a lot of folks, that's just the way they've done it over the years. Sometimes the business has been handed down, and and it came from their 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 the previous generation, and uh, they were told, hey, listen, we don't need to borrow any money, and um, because you know sometimes the message with us is, hey, your business is in pretty good shape. Have you considered perhaps growing the business through an acquisition? And boy, there's no better way to grow it through acquisition by than by using perhaps bank money or not necessarily putting your own capital in. I mean, I think I think it it bodes well. It sounds to me though, we we have the same type of clients in a lot of ways you know it's really about planning more than anything else and 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 i don't think anybody really plans for bankruptcy right i mean they just uh it, it, well, it, I, but you, or do they you, i mean is there i mean I, i'm not sure we haven't been that involved in it i'll let you take the stage
1: well there. you know I and mean, it's not that everybody plans for for a bankruptcy but <clears throat> you do you should plan for a what-if scenario um, you know sometimes companies get hit with litigation that was unexpected um you know sometimes uh you know anything can happen is they a company is too reliant on um or too concentrated in one set of customers and and a largest customer files bankruptcy and is and now there's a receivable is not going to get collected and impacts the cash flow of the business so you, you do want to you know you know you always want to be prepared for for the uh, something that might be eventual and in. Not that you want it to happen, but you want to plan, you know you, in case something happens, and whether that's arranging for financing, or you know in the case of you say the business owner puts all the money and self-funds the business. Well, if there's a downturn in that business, you know the creditors are not looking at you know that th- those officers or those owners getting repaid. They want to get paid first. They don't care what you say that you characterize out in the books of. If there's not a promissory note and a UCC filing, and that loan is not secured and serviced like a true loan, everyone everyone's going to just view it as that's it's another it's another part of equity, and equity gets paid last. You know, if there was a lender involved, whether it's a typical bank, that bank would have filed a, 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 a UCC filing to secure and a, have a security agreement. It would have secured itself to the company's assets. And and that lender would have made sure that it got paid first before the other creditors got paid, um, you know. So, you know, and and the owner, if they use bank financing, would have that money still in their pocket, but not having put it in, they would still have that money, you know, whether it's for you know for whatever they want to do with it, you know, um, yeah.
0: You know. and, and it's interesting, you know, it brings to mind we had a case where. Um, Matter where uh, one of our clients who was in the process of selling his company, he dealt mostly with big box stores. So he dealt with some of the big names that, that are out there. And uh, uh, one that he was dealing with in the Midwest um, was into uh, him for about $3 million in terms of receivables and filed for bankruptcy. So all of a sudden, you know, that $3 million became uncollectible. Um, the client wanted to continue to do business and wanted to uh, rearrange terms, you know, to continue to do business. But uh, it put a serious hurt on the business because uh, all of a sudden that $3 million, which had been coming in pretty routinely before that. So kind of blindsided them. Uh, one of the things we talk to folks about often is um, not having too much concentration of customers, right? And, and keep an eye on your receivables. And uh, this gentleman who owned the business um, really was not in a position to, um, to, uh, to put any uh, personal capital in the business. And um, he was somebody, he had pretty much extended his lines of credit pretty much significantly, so it uh, it put him in a position where he actually had to sell off some of his other assets in order to stay afloat. He sold off some real estate at that point, so uh, uh, he was fortunate enough to have some liquidity in that real estate. So, so
1: it's a little it's it's beyond today's topic, but if if there ever a situation where a company finds itself with a large creditor filing bankruptcy they really should seek out um, counsel almost immediately. There are possibly, depending on whether, you know, goods are served, served what's been uh, sold, um, there are protections that could be had. There could be additional rights that might otherwise be, that might be available to those companies as creditors. Um, And even if they decide to sell going forward, there's not a guarantee that if you sell to a company in bankruptcy, that you're going to get paid. There's a, um, and, and I only got to spend a couple of minutes because I know it's a little bit beyond the topic, but um, yeah, there are horror stories out there about com- people thinking that, well, I'll have an administrative claim in bankruptcy. I'll be equal to the professionals. So of course, I'll get paid. Well, it doesn't always happen. There was uh, a lot of issues even like in the Toys R Ruck- Us case where a lot of the post-petition creditors were not paid. Even though they all thought or led to believe that they would be paid, so um, you know, anytime you're involved, this is something that you should reach out to a professional immediately mm-hmm. on. There might be an opportunity to to raise your claim to a higher level. They're right, and there also you need protections. Whether you continue to sell, mm-hmm. you need to have an informed business decision.
0: On that. So in those cases, Jerry, they weren't paid because um, other folks got paid before them. Is that
1: well? There's there's secured debt that comes first, even before mm-hmm. administrative debt. And if a company goes into a liquidation um, and the sale of the assets or the sale of the business does not pay the secured debt in fir- in full, then there's no money for anyone else. Um, the professionals usually work on what's called a carve out, so they'll yeah. have a an agreement with the secured creditor to carve out from the secured creditors need some money to pay um, the professional cost of running the bankruptcy but not all the suppliers not the, the yeah, people sure. providing goods and services to the post-petition debtor um and and, and you know and, and it happens more and more and especially when it when is a liquidation scenario
0: makes sense makes sense i know i know you've been in practice a few years um, um, have there been situations where you, you've seen, um, you know, uh, uh, several companies uh, kind of, um, uh, or maybe under one corporate entity, or maybe um, w- where some of them survived bankruptcy, where you know th- those entities continued to prosper afterwards, and perhaps there was there were p- parts of the organization that kind of went away?
1: Oh, sure. There's, um, you know, listen, bank bankruptcy. Yeah, done correctly is is a great way to um, strip off uh, unprofitable um, subsidiaries or entities or, or divisions um, to really get a chance to right size your business, right size the capital stack. Sometimes you you convert some debt to equity. There's a lot of options on what can be done. Um, it's a great way to shed leases if you have you know you could be a retailer and have you know, or with 10 locations and four are profitable and six aren't. So maybe you want to get rid of those leases or you we try to restructure those leases. Um, and, or maybe you want to go to a an internet model or an online, uh, e-commerce model rather than fully brick and mortar. There's, there's a lot of opportunities to try to right size the business and, and even, um, sometimes in packaging a business for sale, um, going through a bankruptcy process with uh, an interested buyer being the uh, stalking horse bidder or, or the, the opening bidder for the, for the company is the right thing because the buyer then gets uh, the cleaner company. It doesn't have to deal with the shedding of the leases or the, some of the legacy debt that might be on the company that's, that's really uh, preventing the company from, from, from flourishing or from really moving forward. So I've, I've, I've seen that happen a lot. I've been involved in cases like that. I've been involved in cases where, you know, if it didn't go through the bankruptcy process, you know, um, it wouldn't have been able to right size the debt and wouldn't be able to preserve the jobs of the people working for the company for many years. Um, and they took it through chapter and, and, they, and it was a great result. Um, and now it's subchapter five, which is a, a, a new Relatively new section of the bankruptcy code is part of Chapter 11, but it's for businesses with less than seven and a half million dollars of debt. Um, really, you could go through a bankruptcy, uh, no quarterly fees to the trustee, no creditors' committee. Um, you allows a business owner to keep its keep the company as long as they meet certain requirements as far as what they're paying over time to the creditors. Um, And and it it means that, you know, an owner doesn't necessarily have to buy out their company from bankruptcy. They don't have to go into a liquidation. They get to preserve it by by meeting certain thresholds, which, um, so it's been very successful for
0: for those. Jerry, does it restructure that debt? Or the sum of that debt?
1: It restructures it, right? No, it does. No, it restructures. So if you have a plan in in a sub-five where you know, creditors are getting 10 cents 20 cents on the dollar that's what they're getting under your plan really? and 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 you're keeping the business as long as you um, you, know, you divert you devote the disposable income of the company over a period of time to dealing with that i mean i'm not i'm kind of giving it short strokes here sure, I mean, right. if you, anyway, if this is something that's of interest to someone they really should meet with a professional and discuss uh, all of their options but But it was enacted to deal with the problems that small business owners were having and that so many of them were losing their businesses going through a bankruptcy process that initially was much too expensive for a small to mid-sized business. And and this section of the code was designed to address that where it's a less expensive, more streamlined process um, geared for allowing a business owner to preserve its business and continue uh, with the with right size debt structure.
0: And I think a lot of a, a lot of smaller businesses who probably would qualify for that, maybe just uninformed in terms of what their options are. So I think, right. uh, you know, one of the things that we'll do, we're almost at the end of our time, but I think, um, you know, we'll make sure that, you know, if somebody, you know, and, and why don't we do it now, actually, you know, if somebody, you know, has questions about those, I'm sure you'd be open to answer those questions. Um, what's a good way, I mean, is there a good way for them to get in touch with you, Jerry?
1: Sure. I mean, my my office is in Uniondale. I have uh, my office number is five one six two four eight seventeen hundred. I'm in every day. The whole office is in every day, so uh, I'm I'm happy to speak with people about you know if they have issues or or,
0: or questions on this. I find I find I got to tell you we we've dealt with a lot of small business owners over the years and. Uh, um, you know, a, a lot of it's really just lack of information. You know, I, I think that some people feel uh, they get to point where they're desperate, and they really don't know what to do. So, I you know, we always uh, point them in the, in the direction of a professional. Sometimes, Jerry, it's not the professionals they're dealing with at the moment. Right. You know,
1: and, have to look and, and
0: the border, so to speak. You I,
1: know? I, I always find that people, the last thing they want to do is pick up a phone and call an attorney because they figure it's going to cost them money. But Sometimes it costs so much more by not picking up the phone and calling that, you know, calling the professional.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you, you, have, sometimes- you
1: have to make a business decision on what makes sense. And, you know, you can only make that decision if you're informed. Yeah,
0: I think the key is, is really for the for the people in the audience to really, you know, you call an expert like Jerry. And, and I don't say that just because you happen to be on the show. I think, uh, you know, clearly um, you would have solutions for them or at least alternatives sometimes there are no solutions, right? Sometimes there are just alternatives and it'll make somebody feel like they're going in the correct direction. So I, I, I do appreciate that. Um, so I want to, we're, we're at the end of our time. I know, uh, uh, I think we spoke, we said, what are we going to fill 30 minutes up with? And, uh, would be surprised; <laughs> It those pretty quick. We could keep talking for a long time. I wanted to thank Jerry for being on the show and at for Chili, for Chili, Deegan and Tarana. Uh, Jerry is, uh, a great attorney and uh, somebody who you could talk to. And I, I think that's uh, as important as anything else. And I, I do appreciate being on the show. Our goal really is for for people who are business owners, especially lower middle market business owners, to realize that their investment has to be protected in one way, shape or form. Because uh, the last thing they want to do is have a situation where the, the the investment and of time and energy and money that they've made over the years ends up being, you know, all for naught. And I think there's there are definitely alternatives to consider, and um, and if you are, uh, you know, questioning whether you know you're going to be able to kind of see the future go forward, or what you can do to kind of restructure your debt, or or what you need to do to kind of right size the business. Uh, uh, please give me a call. Um, we can certainly point you in the direction of Jerry if you can't get in touch with him directly. Uh, we can help you with that. And I'm um, our goal here at um, the NYBB Group is really just to bring you bring resources like Jerry Luckman to our our marketplace to bring it to the lower middle market folks who we deal with. Some of them um, need need professionals that they can rely on, that they can count on, folks that they can go to in a moment of need, uh, and also to make sure that they they maximize the value of what really is their largest investment. So um, until next time, I wanted to thank everyone for, for viewing. And thank you, Jerry, for your time. And uh, I know it's very valuable. And I, I thank you for great information. And thank you for having me, Anthony. Take care, guys. Have a great day. Be well. Stay on.